Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. And on today's episode, we're talking about multi-potentiality and multi-potentialites. And we talk about that education space today. But first and always, like to check in first. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I, I'm happy that we're going to talk about multi-potentialites and multi-potentialities because those are... Uh, those are interesting ideas for us. I've also seen the language uh, polymaths are also uh, are also used to re to refer to uh, these like sharp, flexible generalists. Uh, and uh, you know we have a little bit of uh, that potentiality ourselves. So I'm excited uh, to have this conversation. And Brandon, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm, I, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking I could be doing well at this pod or I could be doing well at something else at this moment. So sure. like the, the possibilities, the potential mm. are, uh, are multi mm -hmm. uh, here. Mm. Um, I, just to, to, to build on right away, to come yeah, out of the please. gates, to yeah. build on to the, um, you've also seen the term polymath. Um, there's, there's a lot of good uh, synonyms out for there for multi-potentialites. For sure. Uh, Multi-pods. I thought Ooh, that you would, uh, nice. I, I won't go the whole list now. That may be a, a later sure. bit multi, on the show. Multi-pods I like. But multi-pods because uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's playing to, to what we're doing right now. And for you sure. listener yeah. are doing it with us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what I liked about, there was a TED Talk uh, that, uh, that we can share out that I thought would be nice because uh, we do a lot of articles but uh, sharing out a, a video every so often, I, I think is a nice idea. But there was a, a TED talk uh, that, about multi-potentiality that talked about the question that adults ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And how in many ways that is a problem in a world where we're going to need a lot of multi-potentialites to be uh, successful in the future of work in a rapidly changing um, landscape. So, so I thought that was an interesting uh, way to start the conversation too, is that, um, do you guys remember being asked that question? All the time. And do you remember, I mean, I, I thought the, the speaker, uh, what was her name? Emily Wepnick. Emily Wepnick. Yeah. So nice job by her, I thought too, uh, you know, cause she was repping for multi-potentialites um, saying that when she was asked that as a kid, she didn't like it. And I think that's probably true even for specialists, you know? So you don't know when you're that young and it's not really like a, a time when you really should be closing off uh, outcomes for yourself. So, you know, if for whatever reason, you know, a, a kid at an early age is laser focused on an outcome, that's fantastic. But the fact that we as adults can ask that lazy question uh, and that that can then maybe steer steer uh, kids towards overfitting to uh, an idea. Yep. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to, to think about it. I know you guys both, uh, you know, I believe you both were kids at one point in your lives. And then you also uh, have had conversations with kids. I thought that was an interesting uh, idea because like we could all get better at talking to children. Absolutely. Talking to them in ways that um, open them up to their own potential uh, over their lives. Another good building block here, Adam Grant back in April had a, a, a similar article of stop asking kids what they want to be when they grow up to, for that point of let's not close them off to any ideas because we've set them so early what they want to be. But Mike, maybe here at the top, can we define multi-potentialite, multi-potentiality and, and how we might use it in the scope of education, learning and, and future of work? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we talked a little bit about it uh, right at the top. So it's more like a, 
sharp, flexible generalist uh, contrasting with uh, a, a specialist who has, has a deeper expertise. Um, interestingly, they did talk also about the, the, the power of pairing multi-potentialites multi with uh, generalists, which is something I think we should, we should definitely start with specialists. Uh, so I think that's something we should, we should probably circle back to. But, uh, but I think they talked about three, um, three aspects of multi-potentialites that uh, I thought were interesting. Uh, one is uh, the ability to synthesize ideas across domains. Uh, one is the ability to uh, rapidly learn. Uh, and then one is uh, the ability to be more adaptable, flexible in your thinking so that you're able to sort of shift uh, lanes quickly uh, and, uh, and ideally find some of those uh, connections that specialists might be less apt to find. Um, so I thought, it, I thought there was a ton to think about there, you know, around the future of work. Uh, and, you know, if you have that type of resource in your organization, um, you're a little more resilient than if you're making a bet on a certain subset of expertises. So uh, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting contrast. I think the, the the reality is probably somewhere in the middle or in the pairing of the poles. But um, but I, I I do think there's a lot of implications to the future of work and uh, and also on a personal level, uh, you know that TED talk did speak to me in terms of sort of my professional experience and sort of the way I like to sort of attack the world is like, you know, don't overfit me to a specific domain because it's going to get disrupted. And uh, I remember even when we were talking to Broer Saxberg, uh, you know, now at uh, the Chan Zuckerberg uh, initiative, he, uh, he was saying that, you know, the idea that we would even have one career in our lives is, uh, is a anachronistic, like that's, that's rapidly becoming a thing of the past. So, um, you know, it's another way of thinking of it is you could ask a kid, what careers, plural, are you interested in pursuing when you grow up or in your life, you know? And it's just, uh, I think that's refreshing. And we hadn't done a more like sort of open, opening up uh, to our potential or our multi-potentials. Uh, so, so I thought it'd be an interesting topic for us. Yeah, I, I like that it's basically all about you, though. <laughs> That's my favorite part about this is that this this talk spoke to you. I I think just as an attaboy for you, I do think that you're a multi potentialite. Well, I, um, I think you are as well. Well, thank you, yeah. Dan, as well. Yeah. I mean, so, um, but I, I think you're you're right on there with talking about how we're going to and and really the the we's that will be in in forty or fifty years in terms of the workplace, mm -hmm. maybe sooner, thirty, twenty years. Um, more people are going to need to have that kind of mindset that they are not going to have a career. They're going to have a multitude of careers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some things that I think do require really deep specialization, right? And so I don't think that the, the Ted talker or, and why are we always talking to this guy named Ted? Um, or the, you know, the, the multi-potentialite advocates are arguing against specialism, specialization, you know, as you were saying that the, um, talking about the, the power of pairing, but things like if you want to be a um, pediatric neurosurgeon, like we don't want you to also spend some time dabbling and being, you know, something like we, we need you to be really, really, really deeply specialized right. there. Right, right. But for, I think that is the, that is the trend is towards specialization. And in fact, this is part of what you bring up here, Mike, like the, the trend may need to swing back a little bit towards being uh, having a multitude of potential, being a multi-potentialite. Like right. for most people, most most careers don't require 
that kind of extreme specialization in the extreme example I just gave. And if more people think they can only be one thing because that's what they've been asked and they are getting sort of pigeonholed around, I want to be an X when mm-hmm. really it's, I want to be an X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, and I think that is a better question to ask um, your kid is what, what, careers do you want to have or what types of things do you want to be things plural when you grow up mm-hmm. um we have a a, a chalkboard for uh, penny penny's four and a half it's a little too early to ask matthew this so you're yes. probably just gonna get uh baby yeah uh, i just get smiles and drool baby yeah. babbles right yeah. i want to be a drooler yeah. uh on it um but uh there's this little chalkboard that's for her first and last day of school and and there's a section that says what do you want to be and um, she has, has had in that time a, a mom and a doctor, the same together, yes. which I think that's a great answer for one. And this most recent one is a mom and a doctor and an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty good. So, so we're, um, you know, I'm not saying Penny, choose one. Yeah. Um, because uh, not thinking through the lens of multipotentiality, but uh, now reflecting through that, I'm, I'm happy that uh, there's a, a variety of things that, again, making about me now uh, yeah, that, that my, my kid wants to, uh, wants to be. Yeah. Well, and, and I also think it's interesting to, to contrast the, the life choices that are made with a similar set of competencies to either pursue the depth, uh, which is also really val- valuable or, um, you know, trying to sort of uh, stay current across domains and across skills as a, as a sharp generalist, because the reality is a lot of people who stay as multi-potentialites could have specialized more. And in fact, the people who have specialized more still could shift domains because we did talk also about learning transfer. So like the idea of like, I already am a pediatric neurosurgeon. Oh, by the way, surprise. Uh, I don't know if you guys <laughs> wow. That, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but if, if I am that, I could then decide to become a data scientist, for example. And that's the type of reskilling and cross-skilling that would make me in this scenario uh, a really amazing data scientist because I would be bringing this depth of domain knowledge that then shifted. So um, I think what's interesting about it is more the, this is somewhat reinforcing of the foragers, you know, as opposed to the people who are going, uh, you know, deep, you know, to say that that choice, uh, you can become better at um, that level of rapid knowledge acquisition and reframing, shifting uh, paradigms. Um, I think that's an interesting idea. I think that the, the challenge is that a lot of the deep experts um, may, may not be as ready to uh, shift expertises because of the level of investment and also the narrative of you will be only one thing. So I think this concept is relevant both to the people who are really just going to stay generalists and stay multi-potentialites their whole lives, but I think it's also extremely relevant to specialists. So like if you're mid-career and you've specialized in something and you are no data science is one that just jumps to mind. Uh, you know, we, we do have a Metis a data science uh, bootcamp that, that uh, I'm really excited about as, as part of Kaplan, but like that, um, that field is really interesting because many times, you know, it's drawing from folks with science backgrounds or engineering backgrounds or like not, you know, same thing is true, I think to a certain extent to uh, developer boot camps, but I think data science in particular, you know, if you have more of like a academic research uh, STEM background, 
Um, increasingly, that's becoming an easy pathway into data science. And I think it's even true of the liberal arts, you know, which is another, um, another place where multi-potentialites land, is that like those sort of general skills around critical thinking, creativity, um, I think a lot of those things actually benefit from, um, you know, consuming a lot across domains and trying to stay current, um, you know, even at like really throughout your professional career. So, uh, so yeah, it's interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I think I just on the, the pediatric neurosurgeon, the, the yeah. point I was, was trying to make was not that someone who is that, that she shouldn't consider this, but rather that there are a handful of, of specializations that require such deep specialization mm -hmm. and focus that I'm, I'm a John Stuart Mill utilitarianist, yeah. uh, utilitarian sure. uh, for uh, just in my life. Yeah. And I think the, the, the societal net marginal utils are maximized right. when we have people who are like really like that neurosurgeon. Right. If she goes and does something else, that's going to require that next neurosurgery to be performed by potentially someone with less specialization, with right. less skill, right, right. in a world where there is a shortage of people who have in in, in very specialized areas. Sure. So, I think I think lots of people could. I my, my point was that more people should right the mm -hmm. the 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 careers that require such career long specialization I think are truly the exception and not the rule. And yeah. yet we've been treating them more like the rule. Mm -hmm. I think data science is a great example of there are that is a field that has emerged, there will be more and more emerging fields, whether it's AI, machine learning, robotics, like whatever it is, right. there's going to be next sort of generational market needs that I think if people are primed to be, uh, to access their multi-potentialite uh, uh, leanings, I think that'll be better for, uh, for us. And again, return us more utils, which is what I'm, uh, what I'm all about. Yeah. And, uh, and to me, the, the interesting contrast here is between growth mindset, which I would equate with multi-potentiality and grit, which I would equate with that deep specialization. Mm -hmm. And I think both of those concepts are extremely relevant. And it is interesting to think about how they almost, um, contrast each other. They're almost countervailing forces. So like, you know, if you want the grit, um, in some ways, I think it does take, like, I guess, mental resolve to really lean into growth mindset, but it's not the same thing as grit because grit is more doing the hard work that is not fun. So like the, the, the challenge around the multi-potentialite is just, you know, flighty, like what, you know, uh, you know, who's got keys? Oh, oh, I'm interested in that idea now. Uh, as opposed to the the depth of focus to kind of get through uh, like organic chemistry, like the classic, like you want to be uh, you want to be a doctor, you know, you got to get through organic chemistry. That's the first, uh, you know, uh, barrier, the first obstacle. And many people don't clear it, you know, and this idea that certain domains require that level of uh, like mental resolve and focus, you know, clearing the playing field so that they're only learning that that thing in depth. I think those two um, dimensions, we've talked about it in a few different ways, whether it's, you know, when we talked about unlearning, you know, it's a similar idea. Like you so much depth, you actually need to figure out how do I, how do I back up and, and reskill? Uh, and then I think a lot of the, the emerging skills gaps are because older expertises are becoming like disrupted to the point that the, that entire career uh, or that trade may just be going away. 
Um, so, uh, so while it is uh, somewhat narcissistic and self-indulgent, <laughs> uh, I think it is also carry on. It is all, also germane by all means. <laughs> yeah. a, a couple of things for, for me. One, Mike, do you think someone who is a specialist, we're using the pediatric neurosurgeon as an, uh, an example, who then switches careers, becomes a data scientist, becomes something else, are they becoming or, or evolving to be a multi-potentialite or are they becoming a specialist in a new field? Like, do you think there's cross-section here or, and I, I would say there's not A or B, it's not black or white, there's always a gray area, but do, do you feel as though it's a transition to one or the other or they're staying a specialist just in a new field? I think, I think we live a long time and our brains stay very fecund and uh, ready to consume new goodies. So I think even if you stay in your lane, with some depth of expertise if you're playing with your head up which is a big question uh and also how much you know continuing uh, like how much you know we were talking about doing a burnout show uh which we've done before too but like how much do you how much does work is it just to stay relevant in a domain uh is is a really interesting thing particularly around like you know medical legal um professions like there's a lot of work just to stay current same thing with coding honestly like languages change constantly so like it's a you're you have to continue to learn um i think the thing that is interesting is uh to me in particular is not over indexing on one thing uh in how we understand people uh and even how people optimally will understand themselves so i think you need to at least think of yourself as a slash these days so like you're not just one thing and uh, and then how many slashes you you choose to assume I think is another question, um, and and the more like if you're president of the United States for example, it's tough to have a lot of other slashes at least while you're in office, you know. So um, so there is a certain certain roles will be limiting in terms of your ability to be multiple things at once. Right. Um, but I think if you think about the average 80, 90 year lifespan. Uh, I think we should challenge ourselves to become expert in more than one thing. Uh, and then also, regardless of your age, to stay current and fluent and conversant in everything that's emerging. I, th I think both those things are, you know, whether you call someone a multi-potentialite or an, or an expert or specialist, um, I don't think that necessarily matters as much as those mindsets are part of how we operate. And then if you're hiring people or, you know, educating people or raising children. I, th I think they're just really relevant. Thinking about the future of work and how these types of narratives uh, can, can actually help us develop people uh, is probably the biggest uh, takeaway for me. I'm just, uh, I can make it about me right now. I'm happy you said slash because I can bring it to sports and talk about uh, uh, who's a Criddle Stewart yeah. from the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers was the original slash in football. And you saw him playing multiple positions and, and saw him uh, being valuable, <clears throat> pardon me, in multiple ways to the team. And I think that's what a lot of multi-potentialites are. They're valuable to a team, to an organization, to a company in multiple different ways to help the organization move forward while maybe pairing, Mike, as you said before, with a specialist. Now, Brandon, Mike, question for both of you. Uh, growing up, I often heard the phrase, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, right? A negative connotation to maybe multi-potentialite. Is this a rephrasing of that and, and showing the upside, Brandon, the positive nature of being more of a generalist and understanding it and getting away from phrasing that might have been relevant 20, 30 years ago in a phrase like Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, apparently, the, the Wikipedia article for that, for uh, Jack of all trades, uh, has uh, cited a recent addition to the end of that phrase, which is um, 
but often better than the master of one. Mm. So uh, that's playing right into the multi-potentialite movement here. I think we're we're starting a movement. Um, Yeah, I I think, look, I I think that this, uh, the multi-potential lights and multi-potentiality can be misused, misread, misunderstood. If, um, if it's, if someone uh, takes on the mantle of multi-potentiality as an excuse for not pursuing excellence in a field, mm-hmm. right. Of, of not doing the hard work of mm-hmm. not being gritty. Cause you know, to be great at anything usually requires some grit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a, a, maybe not misapplication, but that's using this as a, as a weapon or as a shield from having to do the hard work. So if you are a jack of all trades who can choose to be a master of some by putting your attention and some very different ones, putting your attention there, um, that's different than if you're, you know, a, a jack who just sits around on the couch and says, think of all the things I could be doing. I'm not going to do any of that. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Um, there's a couple other real quick notes on this. Uh, so I guess the, the, the term is from uh, dates to multipotentiality dates to the 1970s. So mm-hmm. it was first used in research about gifted students, which makes sense. Uh, that was like all in vogue uh, in the 70s and since. Um, I like that it was describing people with uh, children with moderately high IQ. <laughs> that's, that's, you don't want to go too far. Right. Yeah. Uh, once you get through the moderately high, if yeah. you're just high, like yeah. you're more likely to get like you'll be a doctor. You're, you'll be a doctor, yeah. right? But if you're if you're almost there, if, if you're, you're almost there, if you're a near doctor, play with your head up. <laughs> so that was one, and then it does feel like there's a little man for all seasons or a person for all seasons, Sir Thomas More here in this, right? Where we're using a term that is fancy uh-huh. to describe something that's been. Uh, you know, Renaissance person type uh, sure. consideration that's been around since. I assume the Renaissance person didn't predate the Renaissance by long. Uh, that would have been an uh, interesting term. Or at least yeah. the term didn't. The term proceed. didn't, yes. Right. I suppose there have been yes. polymaths uh, since yeah. uh, the dawn of time. I would imagine. Um, you know, they'd be helpful around the, the campfire yeah. right back in the primordial savannah. Yeah. So to, just to make sure that, uh, that, that my position here is, is clear, I, I am not a multi-potentialite beefer. Uh-huh. I actually think that that kind of thinking, and especially as we talked a couple of times and before, you know, about thinking about one's career as being multi-partite, um, I think it's, it's really important and I think more people should do that. I think there should be more Jacks um, who, who want to still master, but don't think they need to just master in one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's, uh, there are ways to misuse this concept mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just want to make sure to our listeners out there who are going and uh, considering what you will be a master in next, like do do put the work into something or right. some things. Right, right. Well, I, and just to build on that, I, I think be very careful about the big bets you take because what you choose to be a master of, that's going to be a big commitment, uh, which will require deliberate practice. We're talking about deliberate practice is what it's going to take to get it's good at anything. Around. You know, to get good at anything takes deliberate practice, man. So... <laughs> So I do think it's important to uh, reinforce that concept because otherwise you're not going to develop 
any skills with depth. So, uh, but I do think there's a, there's a lot of um, uh, insights, I think, to be gained by adopting a surprising perspective in this area. Because I do think, to your point about the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, you know, cliches are, you know, they, they get called cliches and they get sort of uh, devalued over time because they're not as insightful. So I, I do think there is a cautionary aspect, you know, like don't, don't spread yourself too thin. You remember that you do need to become expert in things. But I do think there, there are uh, even like the PETA updates to old cliches, you know, feed a fed horse, for example. Um, there's room to kind of play with these cliches. And uh, I do think there's risk to overfitting to a single expertise. And I don't know if we have the, like the, the contrapositive of uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I would probably give it a separate expression rather than try to say both things in one, which is why, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick a side when you're trying to come up with a platitude, yeah. right? But, uh, but I just think it is interesting to, to kind of open up the thinking around that contrast. Just reminds me of the non-obvious uh, idea, and it's very much tied to the future of work too. So like if we are going to see things disrupted so much, um, the one thing I think I would say to the multi-potentialites out there is like, keep on making things, you know? So like if you continue to make things, then you'll be fine. Because uh, then as long as you're making outputs, those, you know, you'll just get better by doing. Um, so I'd, I'd say like, you know, I would, I'd be a little concerned about a multi-potentialite who doesn't really ship products. Because uh, then <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of just wasting time. A great content as always. We'll share out uh, the articles we talked about as well as the TED Talk over there on Twitter and Facebook. Check those out. Let us know what you think. If you're new to the podcast, we have a deep back catalog of over 180 episodes of content that you can find on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Happy to have you along for the ride. Subscribe uh, on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you might be. Leave a comment, leave a rating. We love uh, to read those and share those here on the podcast. And as always, we're with you every Tuesday here on training and education, some extras along the way as well. If you have content that you want us to look at, share on Twitter at Training and Ed, the same over on Facebook or at trainingandeducation.com. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Training and Education.